Being a coach can be frustrating. You learn to become a coach, you put in the hours of coaching and build up your confidence to start charging for your services. But then you find out you need to have media and marketing strategies and you need to do sales and loads of other things that aren't coaching, aren't your zone of genius. Some coaches don't bother and end up falling by the wayside. Some will find work with coaching companies that will help to find you clients and will give you an hourly rate. And some will want to do things their own way and grow their own coaching business, or maybe a combination of those options. And this episode is for those of you who really are ready and willing to learn and do what it takes to grow your business. This is Podfluence, the show that helps you to grow your influence and income with podcasts. My name is John Ball, and my mission is to help you, the self-employed business coach, to grow your influence and income now, so you can have a continually thriving coaching business. In this episode, I want to take a look at why we should be considering getting featured in prestigious magazines and on podcasts, and how you can make that happen. Potterance is all about growing your business and your brand to help you get more clients and more opportunities, but we need to know how to find or create these opportunities. My guest is Simone Sauter, and Simone became a divorce coach after her partner of 10 years suddenly left her. In that time, she found that one of the best ways to promote her own business and services was by getting featured in prestigious magazines and on podcasts. She figured out how to do that, and she did such a great job of it that people started asking her to teach them how to do it too. So now Simone is a publicity coach for professional coaches like you and I. If you've been wanting to grow your business and your personal brand but struggling with the how, you are going to get some great tips in this episode. And we'll be taking a look at why coaches should be getting featured in magazines and on other podcasts and how to get you started with this and what you need to be doing to grow your business through digital media. Just before we get started, if you are not already following Podfluence and you have your device in your hand right now, if you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, all you need to do is click the plus button next to the show on any other devices or on your desktop, you may see a follow option. Either of those are good. You will get the latest episodes of Podfluence as they come out. And if you want more Podfluence, make sure you join me on LinkedIn or Beehive for the Podfluence weekly newsletter, and you'll find the link in the show notes. But now, prick up your ears, get ready for this week's episode of Podfluence. Welcome to Podfluence, the podcast for business coaches who want to build audience and authority through podcasts. Here's your host, international coach and speaker, John Ball. Welcome to the show, and we're really all about building influence and building our authority and getting following. And we have an expert to help us with that today. So I am joined in the studio by Simone Sauter. Simone, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Johnny. I'm looking forward to our conversation. I know we're going to get some interesting bits of information for you and that you are actually a publicity coach. This is what you help people with, right? Exactly. This is what I help people with, getting featured in prestigious magazines and on podcast shows. Well, we are in capable hands then today. So this is going to, you may want to take notes. And just so you know, in advance, all of the information for everything we talk about today, any links or anything like that, or how to connect with Simone, it's all going to be in the show notes. So if you want to find any of that out, go and check the show notes for the episode. You'll be able to connect with Simone. You'll be able to get any of the links to anything we talk about. And let's get into our conversation today. So 
When we talk about publicity, then you said about getting people into prestigious magazines and onto podcasts. Why do people generally want to do that? What are the main reasons that you hear that people want to work with you? Well, one reason is to get more visible, to reach an audience on a bigger scale, because if you get to featured in the media, right, you can reach up to millions of people, of course, you know, if you're in a, like featured in Cosmo or like big magazines. But also another reason is to build trust with their ideal clients. And what I see the last years more and more that trust becomes increasingly more important because there are so many entrepreneurs out there. And I particularly work with coaches and consultants. So my clients are the product, right? So they, they help and guide people through some challenge. It may be in life or in business. It doesn't really matter. And what the media does is it gives you this credibility instantly, right? So subconsciously, we know that people who are featured in the media, they own their stuff. They know what they do. They are an, a trusted expert. And this is something that is more the goal of coaches that are like more along the way, like, you know, more six-figure coaches. And if you are more in the beginning and intermediate stages, it's more like, hey, I want to be more visible. I want to build my audience fast and get new people into my world. Yeah. One of the things that I sometimes find myself talking about, and I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this. And I was speaking to Chris Ducker. I don't know if you know who Chris is, but but Chris is quite a well-known person in the sort of entrepreneurial space as a speaker, a podcaster and trainer, and does a lot of work with Pat Flynn. And, and one of the things I asked Chris was really about whether some people are often starting off with just trying to get the publicity or trying to get the following and the podcast stuff going and the magazine stuff going. And that's what they're beginning with. And they don't have all the foundational stuff that they need. Do, do you sometimes encounter that or do you think it's actually fine to start working on the publicity straight away? I actually encourage people to start on their publicity right away. If they have something like that, there need to be a couple of things in place, right? So you need to understand your ideal client. You need to understand what you want to be known for because this is what you talk about. And you need to have a way to capture people's email addresses. And like I have a lot of people that say like, hey, I want I want to promote that people get on the phone with me. But not everybody who will see you, they, they are not ready to get on the phone, right? So you need to create something that people can download that is very, very valuable so that they are willing to exchange their email address for that. And then you can actually nurture them. And getting in the media and a podcast is actually basically you tap into already existing audiences, right? So I pitched you because I know that we have a similar audience, right? So now your listeners can listen to me and I am here to share valuable information that is interesting to your audience. And if people are interested, they, they can sign up for my email list and then get into my world. And from my experience, this is a very fast way and a, a free way also to build your audience, right? So a lot of people also want to start out with ads because they say like, okay, like social media takes me too long. I don't know how to do all of that. Like, but let's do ads and ads are great. Right? I love ads, but um, to really make ads work, there is a lot of testing involved. There is money involved. And I see just a lot of people burning their money um, with ads. And from my perspective, it's not the ideal way to actually get started. So getting publicity is a great way to get started if you have a couple of things in place. Yeah. I mean, I think we probably all are very familiar with the idea of being in magazines for some publicity and being high profile stuff. Although, I mean, it would seem to me that that is kind of a, a sometimes a one and done thing. Like you'll be in a magazine, but then you're kind of on the pile and you may be in a coffee table in a doctor's waiting room or something like that after that. Mm -hmm. But with podcasts, you are more likely to be perhaps revisited, I think. 
And I know that when I'm looking at episodes or people's shows, I'm not necessarily looking always for their most recent episode. And even if I'd see that, I'm not always going to listen to it. I'm looking for the episode titles, not necessarily the guests, but the subject matter that I'm most interested in. And sometimes I think people get a bit wrong on that. But what do you advise your clients with? And why do you have a big focus on podcasts particularly? Like for the same reason, I have the focus on podcasts as well. And I actually don't teach like, okay, I always say to my clients, we start online. And why? Because we have, we all have online businesses. Now I, with my, with my coaching business, with my first business, I've been featured in a lot of like 30 print magazines or something like that, including Cosmopolitan and print and TV. It doesn't move the needle. It's great for if you look at building your reputation and your influence, right? But it's not moving the needle towards building an audience. What does is getting featured in online magazines and on podcast shows, right? So because you will also rank on Google, you have your topic of impact and there are people who look for what you have to share. And once they Google it, you will appear on the podcast shows. You will on the first page on Google when you have been on prestigious podcast shows and also in prestigious magazines, right? So, and it stays there and you also, you build backlinks to your website. Now with my first, I, I used PR for my, with my first business, just to, to build my entire business and to grow it. I have built a website with more than 100,000 monthly organic readers. And why? Because I have been featured all over the place and I have done this online and created all the backlinks. And so I am not an SEO expert per se, but the more backlinks you have from valuable, influential uh, other pages that like point to your website, that just tells Google, hey, this is an interesting page and that will help your ranking for your own website, right? So this is why I teach my clients how to get featured in online magazines and on podcast shows. And also, I love podcasts. No, no, it's fine. It's great. I mean, yeah, great that you love podcasts as well. You were previously a, a divorce and breakup yeah. coach, right? So this is this is what you did with all of that stuff. So, you know, if there are any divorce or breakup coaches listening in, then you may want to do exactly what Simone has done to, to replicate those same kind of results. But yeah, definitely, I get that the being in the sort of highbrow or popular magazines is great for credibility because you can then put on your on your information on your media kit as featured in and that always looks really good but in terms of actually having the lead generation and the people coming and hopefully knocking on your door or at least downloading your giveaway or joining your community or whatever you ask them to do podcasts and being featured in blogs and all those kinds of things have much more chance because they stay around longer and people are more likely to check through check back through them and things like that so that's really cool what do people need to do to be able to prepare for media with particularly with podcasting like i like the like the process that i teach is it's basically a six-step process right and it's actually fairly simple so as i said earlier you need to have the foundation right so you need to understand your ideal client so that you know which kind of show you should pitch you need to understand what you want to be known for so that you know what you what you talk about right and you should have a lead magnet in place so that you can actually capture the the leads right so once you have that then the next step would be that you create a list of podcasts that are interesting for you and that actually have your audience. And what I always say is do not pitch a podcast that you haven't listened to, because this is one of the most common mistakes that I see. It's like people, they send a pitch, like it's one pitch, it's always the same. It's like, hello, hello there. Sometimes they enter the name of the podcast host. Sometimes yes. not. 
or sometimes the wrong name, which is like, anyway. And so now you have the list and then you want, what you want to do is you want to go show by show, listen to the podcast and then decide what topic, like I always recommend to have two to four core topics of impact, which kind of topic do you want to pitch to that show? And one part of your research should be, has this topic been covered on that podcast already? If it was like the last six months, I wouldn't pitch them because they covered it already. If it was covered two years ago, you can say like, hey, I've seen two years ago, you covered that topic. I have actually additional thoughts. I have a different opinion or whatever, like something that you can add to that show that already has been published, right? And then the next step is to write your pitch, right? And with the pitch, it is very crucial, and I'm sure you agree on that. So I, as I said, I used to run a, po- a blog with more than 100,000 monthly readers, so I got, I got pitched a lot. But with a pitch, like, say the name of the podcast host, right? Spell it correctly. I can't tell you. So my name is Simone. I can't tell you how often I've been Sandra uh, or Sabine. So that was like, you know, it's, say the right It's name. a lack spell of attention it. to detail, frankly, as yes. well. Yeah. And then spell the name correctly. And then in the first two sentences, right? relate to the podcast host right like show that you listen to the that you listen to the show show that you follow the the podcast host and that you actually appreciate their work and don't say like hey look this is me i want to be on your show present me to your audience this is not what it is about right it's about you adding value to the audience of somebody who has built up something that you want to join in right you want to get into on on that show and the pot you want the podcast host to may more or less present you to his or her audience. Yeah. So it's up to you to actually add value. This is what it's all about. And this is something that is really that a lot of people do not understand. If it's not about adding value, it is it is advertising, right? Then you can just do ads. You're like, you know, if you know how to do this, then you know, you can say, like, hey, look, I am the most amazing human being. I can help you with this and that. And well, also then you have to add value, but you know, so this is the this is the most crucial thing. You know, relate to the podcast host and then pitch the topic. Say what the listener will take away. Why it is share contact information. Also, maybe share that you have been on another podcast show before, so that the podcast host can actually listen to you. Because you know, the entire podcast show stands and falls with the quality of the sound, how you speak. Because you need to also speak a little bit in entertaining. Because if you talk really like this, this is not entertaining <laughs> and nobody wants to listen to that for 30 minutes. Anyway, so that is basically it, right? And then if you don't hear back, follow up, follow up in a kind way, because some people get angry if they don't hear back like they are. You know, yeah, I've had that. We're all busy. Follow up, say like, hey, always forward the initial pitch so that the podcast host doesn't have to actually search for your first email. Make it as easy as possible for the other person. Say like, yeah. hey, I know we're all busy. I'm not sure if you have actually seen the the email that I sent you earlier. I'm looking forward, like you can see it below, looking forward to hearing back from you. And yeah, I mean, we think we think this is all stuff that should make sense, but it, it's amazing how much it doesn't happen. And if I can, <laughs> I can tell you, it definitely doesn't happen as much as I would like it to. But, you know, I've very much been along the lines of you should definitely research the shows that you want to go on, at least listen to an episode or some at least skim an episode, you know, dip into it, have a sense of what it's about and the style of the show and the voice of the host and whether they're funny or not, just so you know what, what you're getting into. Are they any good as an interviewer? Take At least take a look through their list of episodes and see what they generally talk about and what they're most focused on. 
and how many episodes they've got. That's a really important thing to know as well. Like how long has the show been going for? You can nearly always see how long the show's been running for. And so I've always been like, yeah, you definitely should check that out and approach. But I think there are times when it's okay, in my opinion, it's okay to sometimes do a bit of a sort of spray and pray approach and copy and paste. Like when you're just getting started and you just want to get on some shows and you don't do this with like high, that top shows that you really love mm -hmm. definitely give a bit more care and attention to those but shows that may be a bit new and things like you can do a bit of a sort of broad approach with that and just get some experience being a guest mm -hmm. on some shows and because I, I found as a coach as well that I get better at talking about what I do the more I do it maybe, maybe you found the same as well so that's good like you can treat that as your as your practice runs for the bigger shows that you might like to get onto yeah. But at some point, you've got to become a bit more intentional about it. And that's where the sort of strategies that I think you, you're talking about really matter. Like, it's much better, in my opinion, to to get more bang for your buck from being on better quality shows with the right audience than from just being on as many shows as you can possibly get on that, that agree to say yes to you. Yeah, true. I agree. Yeah. So so when you when you're applying to to be on the show it's really good to get a sense of what it's all about. It's good to have that stuff. What what have you seen that people sometimes get wrong with this as well or don't do as well as they could do? Well, also preparing themselves. Like I mean, just everything that you mentioned, right? Or also not pitching something that is relevant, right? Like pitch a business topic to a spiritual podcast or to a health podcast or like really just if you do the, the spray, spray and pray approach, you at least should have a list of podcasts that are at least interested in what you have to, to share, right? Even if you're not relating to the podcast host in the first lines and you don't make it like personalized, then, you know, make sure that it is the, at least the right genre, right? So if you're, if you run a business, you want to pitch business podcasts and not spiritual podcasts or health podcasts or whatever. And then also like not preparing themselves good enough for the actual interview meaning like they are super nervous and you can hear it in their voice or i mean there are strategies you can prepare yourself to be really calm and i understand if the, if it's like the first show it's exciting right like other people will listen to this but yeah i think that you should find a way to to prepare yourself right so for me it's really listening to music jumping around because i'm exciting right i'm excited and, you know, then I can bring over all the energy. But some people, if, when you're really nervous, maybe it's better for you to actually meditate or to sit down and to breathe and to to become calmer, right? So, yeah, um, yeah but yeah. basically you, you said everything that people get wrong. <laughs> From a show host perspective, that is really important. And I speak to a lot of other show hosts, like podcasting is a big community and we speak to each other. And and one of the things that in a specifically interview based podcasts will experience is that very often it can take sometimes 30 or 40 minutes for the guest to get relaxed enough for the conversation to have a more natural flow for the rapport to really be there and that is where that's that's generally where the magic happens when things are a bit more relaxed when people can have fun and open up and feel connected with each other mm. and and so sometimes as a host you're kind of waiting for that to happen and and I have had this, I mean, I don't consider myself to be like a, a high brow show or a top quality. Well, I don't think I'm good quality, but you know, I'm not one of the top podcasters in the world or anything like that, as much as I'd love to be. But I do still get people who come on the show who have, who are fans of the show, who apply to be guests on the show. 
and are nervous for coming on the show because it's something that you know that they've listened to and they enjoy the show that's that's great it's really nice to hear but it's not great when you're trying to interview with them and, and like, you know, they're tense and they're struggling to come up with their answers. They feel a little bit nervous because they, you know, it would be like, I, I guess, me getting interviewed by Jordan Harbinger or something like that. I'm going to be nervous. I would have to do some of those exercises that you talked about because I know that that show is going out to millions of people when that comes out. And I want to do the best job I can possibly do with that. But if I'm nervous, I'm not going to be able to deliver that so really important to to set yourself up as best as you can you know i think doing like some vocal warm-ups and things like that and that'll help too anything that helps to focus yeah. your mind a bit yeah and i mean generally i think working on your self-confidence and trusting yourself is a good thing for your entire business right it's not only when you're a podcast or or in the media but also when you talk to clients when you get yourself out there on social media when you you know speak on stage or whatever is really like understand that you are the expert in what you do and that you don't have to know everything. This was for me in the beginning, that was a really big thing. I always thought like, oh, I'm the expert. I need to know everything and every little detail. And it's not the case, right? So basically you're an expert when you're two steps ahead of your ideal client. And if you can share something that is not common knowledge, then you are an expert in your field, right? And you will grow with, with your career. I mean, I'm an entrepreneur now for eight years and comparing like Simone from like eight years ago and Simone from now does like, like there is like worlds in between of that. Yeah. So I, I think that working on your self-confidence and really owning your expertise is something that is really valuable for your entire business and will also help you to be less nervous when you get on podcasts because you know what you talk about, you know that what you can bring to the table. And honestly, if people ask me something and I can't, I don't know, I'm just saying, sorry, I don't know. I, you know, or I, yeah. I take a wild guess or whatever, you know. Well, I think one of the main reasons that people want to do this is to build that relationship with their audience, with hopefully with their perfect future clients. And if not, with, with people who are going to like them and maybe refer them to their perfect future clients. And you can only really do that if you can create create a level of trust, mm -hmm. a feeling of trust. And it doesn't, I'm not trying to say like you trick people in trusting you, it's more like just giving people that assurance. And one of the best ways to do that is by being confident in what you talk mm -hmm. about. It's a human instinct to want to put our trust in the people who show the most confidence, mm -hmm. even if they're not the most intelligent people. Whoever, usually people will follow whoever shows the most confidence in a situation. So now if you, if you were in, in an emergency situation, for example, there might be someone who is an expert in dealing with emergencies, but isn't a confident person. And someone who doesn't really have much of an idea what they're doing, but just says, hey, car over there and, and yeah. you're far more likely to yeah. go with the person who's assertive and confident yeah and if you, do, if you think about it, it just makes sense in our life it also makes sense in the podcasting realm as well like when you're being interviewed if you can come across with as much confidence as you can muster then you are going to have a much easier time yeah developing those trust relationships absolutely and I mean, let me, let me share a quick story because I, I think that's a, a valuable one in regards of building trust and building confidence. So because I'm now, I'm sitting here, I'm relaxed, right? We have a conversation, I'm, I'm confident and, you know, everything is like flowy. It hasn't always been like that. So um, I grew into that. So when I started my first business, I was working as a breakup and divorce coach. And I, I ran a, a program, right? And in the program, there were 35 people. And like, so those people paid me to work with me. But I also had, I had a, a Facebook group and I promised them that there will be Facebook lives. 
right? So I will be there live answering questions. Uh, so it was a very tiny audience. They even paid me because they already wanted, knew they wanted to work with me. And still, I was so nervous. I, I rented a hotel room so that I have a nice background. And I, was, I couldn't sleep the night before. I was shaking when I got on camera. And at the end of the day, it was perfect, right? And like they, I could answer all the questions. And that was for me the starting point to build the confidence and to look at myself differently and trust myself more, right? And so, as you said, the more you do this, the more self-confident you get. So if you're just in the very beginning, then pitch smaller podcast shows and get yourself out there. And But trusting yourself and owning what you do is really, is really important. And you grow with it over the years. De definitely. You know, my first podcasts as a host i was mostly i had to prepare do a lot of preparation kind of have semi-scripted having especially with guests was having questions written out because it was harder for me to more naturally flow into those questions whereas now i have a bit of an outline of all right let's make sure we talk about this this and this and, and whatever else comes up in the conversation and we get a much more I feel a much more natural conversation by allowing a bit more leeway on that rather than me just reeling off questions and you just answering them. I think it's far more interesting to listen to listen to a conversation. But I do think one of the fears that people have around the podcast side of things particularly is that they're going to say the wrong thing or that they'll mess it up or not say it quite right. And the, the vast majority of podcasts are recorded. And so, okay, not every podcaster edits their podcast but most of the decent podcasters do and say so if you're if you do say something that you think oh i didn't quite say that right can i do that again mm -hmm. that should be fine and if you really do that the podcaster has to edit that mm -hmm. <laughs> they're not just gonna they're not just gonna say that or even if they don't i mean it's still you know it's, it's fine to have those mistakes in there nobody expects us to be perfect and so you know you nearly always get another go at it or if there's something that goes really wrong the podcast host's goal should be to make their guest look as good as possible because you want your audience to think, I'm bringing you the best guests, right? Yeah. I had a podcast show that went really wrong. I was the guest, but so I'm a mom to a one-year-old and a two-year-old and I was on the show. It was live. My husband was at home, but I could hear both crying downstairs and screaming and I, even through my headphones as I went and they are not home now, but, and I was completely irritated. I was like, what, okay, what, sorry, what, what did I just say? And so she actually had to edit the podcast and you know, I was really sorry about that, but that happens and it wasn't a problem. Um, but yeah, also when you say something that you think it didn't come across quite right, I even say like, okay, sorry, let me rephrase that so that it's easier to understand. We, that can happen, right? You're in a conversation and when you have coffee with some somebody, you also say things and then you look at the other person and you can see that the person didn't quite understand what you just said. And it's like, okay, let me rephrase that. And then you just say it again, right? So yeah, I completely agree. Do, do, do you recommend your clients to listen back to the interviews that they do? That is an interesting question. I... I actually never got asked that. I listen back to all the interviews that I've done and I found mostly that they are better than I felt they were in the first place because we're like, we're always judging ourselves. And sometimes I get off the show and I was like, what is it? Like, what's that? What's that? Did I say this right? Was this on point? Could I say, could I have done this better? Not always, but sometimes I have a show and I'm like, okay. 
and then I listen back to the to the show and I'm like oh oh yeah actually yeah okay yeah I said it I said it right but this also comes with practice right the more you get on shows the easier it will be for you to say what you want to say even though you sometimes have the impression after the show like did I did I say this right so yeah definitely no I think I think it's really helpful as a host I know there are hosts out there who don't listen to their show back I I know that but I think they should I think it's remiss not Mm -hmm. to if you're especially if you're a host because you should at least be editing or at least listening to the edited version and approving it before it goes live but I did an interview with a professor and we were talking about stories and it's not that long ago and the episode's up there for anyone who's listening but I was really worried about editing it and then when I went and listened back to it, I really just thought that I was, I felt out of my depth in the interview. Like he's really super intelligent guy talking about all this really sort of clever stuff about storytelling. And I'm just like, yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really, didn't really have too much to add. Like I normally have a lot to add to the conversation. That's how I didn't. But then when I went and listened back to it, it actually was a lot, it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought. And I was like, oh yeah, that's actually great. We can publish that. And you know, he definitely looks great. I'm maybe not shining as much as I would have hoped but it's fine but listening back to my own interviews i think that's really important as well and i do it i listen to shows that i go on to as much as possible because i want to see how i'm showing up i want to get a sense of um and again it may depend on how the host edits the show but if you're doing a lot of umming and ahhing or if you're if there are things that you're saying and think oh maybe there's a better way to say that i think it's important to look back and think are you saying anything that's memorable or are you giving very long-winded answers that the people are going to get a bit lost in? And so you want to have as much of those things as possible, I think, to be a great podcast guest. If you want to be remembered, then I have I sometimes have guests who come on the show who, <laughs> who I, I don't always publish the interviews, but but uh, because I give the most long-winded answers, it's like they they come on the show to give a presentation rather than to have an interview or a conversation. And I get that. And that's probably what they've been doing with all the other podcasts that go out there. But it's not great to listen to. You know, if I want the TED talk, I'll go from TED. But when I listen to when I listen to a podcast, generally want to hear, yeah, some interview stuff, but some back and forth as well. I want to hear from the host because I'm not listening to the show just for the guest. I'm listening to the show because I like the host as well. And I think some guests forget that, that the audience are there for the host, not for the guest. Yes, I totally agree. I absolutely agree. So, and looking at what you just said, and coming back to your question, if I recommend my clients to listen to that, I would also definitely recommend them to to listen to it, to actually, especially in the beginning, you know, maybe if you're like on a lot of podcasts, like further along down the, like the road, and you're more experienced, and it's not, not super necessary, but in the beginning, when you just start out, that's probably very helpful for them to actually say like, okay, I did great there. And also to feel okay if it wasn't that great and to ask yourself okay what can i actually improve for the next time yeah absolutely that it's super important you know i used to do public speaking training i still do a little bit here and there but um in presentation skills and public speaking training it's really important to get people to watch video of themselves back or to at least hear audio of themselves back because there's stuff you pick up on that you do that you won't pick up on unless you know you might get the feedback from someone else but it's not quite the same as like getting the feedback and then seeing it for yourself and so so it's worth having those sorts of reviews and and checking how you how you are appearing to each other 
do, do you generally recommend your clients to put together media kits as well? Because I, I think it's one of those things that's a good thing to have. Yes, I do. And sometimes I do it for them. So when you like, and it doesn't really matter if it's for the media, or if it's for the podcast, but I find it very helpful to have an overview of one or two pages of the guest, like, you know, the bio, the core topics of impact. And maybe what is your mission? Like, what are you up to? Why? What is your why? And for podcast hosts, I always recommend a section that, that has the questions that I would like to be asked because a podcast hosts always have to think about questions, right? So, and, and they don't necessarily have to take them, but you can help them, you can inspire them, or they, you know, they sometimes they take them one-on-one, sometimes they don't take them at all. But for me, it's always, and it doesn't matter if it's media or podcast hosts, I always tell my clients, it is if you want to be successful with podcasting and getting into the media, it's your job to make their life as easy as possible. So if you are a pain from the beginning, right, and you make the podcast, I was ask you a lot of yeah. questions like, can you send me this? Can you send? And then you said the wrong thing. And there was a lot of back and forth. This is like, we are all busy. And like, especially the bigger the show, the more precise everything has to be like, in the, I mean, it, it should be from the beginning, but if you start with very small shows, it's okay to have this back and forth to learn what is actually needed. But the bigger the show, the busier the people, and then you have to be on point. And if you put together one or two pages um, about yourself and you send this as a link, please, not as an attachment, because like those are very big and they just spam the email inbox, just upload it to whatever your Google Drive Dropbox and say like, hey, here is my media kit. And then the host can download it or not, right? But that at least you offer something that helps them to have everything in an overview. Yeah, you know, I, I would say as a host, it's not something that I think you have to have. But I do generally think when a, when a guest does have that, it looks a damn sight more professional than when they don't. And I said, it makes me shows me that they're really prepared, and that they, as you say, they've made my life easier because I don't have to do too much effort on on researching them and, and looking up and getting the social media links and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. which which is just very handy. It's all in one place, and you and, and you can access it. And for doing show notes and stuff like that, which hosts. You know, Again, not every host does them, but for most good hosts do show notes for their show as well. And and having a media kit is really going to help with that. There, there is an important thing that we do need to address for people who maybe haven't done this before and haven't even thought about perhaps applying to podcasts, but thinking, maybe I should do this as a way to get a bit more publicity, generate some interest, some leads, maybe get some, maybe you'll get some client bookings from it. How do you go about finding those shows? And then before you even get to pitching them, where, where do you look for them? Well, there are different strategies, right? You can simply Google business podcasts and look for the best 100, and then you can go through them. You can also, what I highly recommend is like, is there one podcast show that you really love and that you really know that your ideal client is on there? Then go to them, open open it in the iTunes store, and then underneath you can see other shows. So or like other shows that people also listen to. Then you can see okay, what other shows does actually your ideal client also listen to? And then you can basically go down the entire rabbit hole, right? So, but I always that's always the strategy that that I recommend to start out because like where would you start otherwise right so most of the people come to me say like, hey i really love this podcast i really would love to be featured on that one and but typically they are bigger ones right so not the ones that you start and then it's a good place to start with this strategy because there you find also the smaller ones the medium-sized ones and also the really big ones right so the ones that you 
really only pitch when you have more experience, when you also grew your business a little bit and then you're not, when you're not a beginner. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I tended mostly to use, to use the podcast matching apps and, and groups mm -hmm. for this. So, you know, yeah. one of the, one of the best ones that I've used that, and, and I've had the creator on the show for is Podmatch as Alex Amphilippo's mm -hmm. Podmatch. And I find, you know, as, as a host who wants expert guests and wants people to really have a, a clue about what they're doing, that is, that tends to be one of the places where I, I get connected with a lot of my best guests. But sometimes I, you know, some, some of the best applications I get are people who've actually found my show, much like what you're saying. They've checked out, they've checked through some things, or maybe they've even been recommended to the show, or maybe they've listened to other similar kinds of shows or been on similar shows, and they've actually been looking for the shows that are talking about those kinds of topics. Because things like the genres that shows generally get listed in are very broad. And so it could still be hard to find the kinds of shows that are suited to you. Because I don't think there's, I don't think there's too much point in going on many shows that aren't targeting the kind, at least likely to have mm. the kinds of people that you want to connect with in their audience. Sometimes it can be like, I don't think there's any harm in going on some shows that are just for, for you to have some fun. But again, you do, I think you do have to think about your professional image. You do have to think about it. Does that fit with what you have been projecting to other shows and to, as as who you are so you can't be too self-indulgent i i got I, talk, I mentioned it a few times i got invited to go on a show where people talk about a time that they broke the law and i'm thinking okay i could see that that could actually be an interesting conversation and i, I would love to it'd be fun but it really doesn't fit with what i'm about or or what what i'm doing so what i'm doing professionally so i think it would be very indulgent to go on that show and could actually be a little bit damaging to my brand. I, mean, I don't know that it would be. I don't know that okay, but in terms of thinking, well, am I going to be getting value from my time? It's like you do have to consider: is that the right kind of show for you to go on? Are you going to be getting the kinds of leads that you want to get to? Nothing wrong with going on podcasts for fun. That's absolutely fine. But your brand is a part of this too, and so you do have to project a brand image out there as well and make sure you're clear on what that is right yeah exactly that's what i said in the beginning you need to understand what you want to be known for and part of that is also that you appear on podcast shows that actually cover what you talk about right i mean i can easily go on other podcast shows and talk about how to survive the wars easier what you need to you know think about and like legal stuff and all these kind of things but this is not i don't run this business anymore i used to do this of course because podcast was also a big part of, of that um, and I sometimes still get approached for that topic, but I'm, you know, I'm so like, okay, you know, I grow my PR business. I help other people with PR. I don't do the divorce and breakup thing anymore. And for that reason, I don't go on podcasts and talk about that because then people will find me. And then, I mean, I had a lot of success with, with my first business um, because I also shared my personal story there because my ex left me after 10 years relationship completely out of the blue and shared my story and that you know connected with people and then they connect with me and then i have to tell them hey look i don't run this business anymore but if you're in need of pr you know i can help you and like that it just doesn't fit and and i mean get it going on a podcast which is about a time when you broke the law well you know could be fun could be damaging you never know right so yeah Right. So I mean, why, why, why take the risk in that sense? Yeah. And yeah, the same as like, no, I, I wouldn't, the same reason I wouldn't have guests who I don't particularly 
like if I don't think if I think somebody's kind of practicing unethically or or a bit of a, a sort of charlatan in the space, I'm not going to bring them on to my show. And I'm not going to name mm. names here, but you know, I, I have been approached by some of those people before to to be guests on my show. Nor would I want to be on their shows. Like, I actually don't want the association at all with people who I just don't feel. You know, the thing about I, it matters who you associate with. It matters who you're connected with. Yeah. I know some people will maybe do that for the for the controversy, for the clicks, and and for the sort of rattling people as well. But I don't generally think that that works as a, as strategies or being contrarian or controversial. That all reflects to your brand. Like sometimes it works, right? Sometimes you know one one strategy that I teach my clients to pitch the media actually is about having a controversial opinion, saying. Um, why everybody should suffer from heartache at least once in their lifetime. What was one topic that I pitched a lot, a lot, got picked up a lot because it's controversial and you have to read it twice. But you always have to understand and think about, okay, what, like, how does it reflect on my brand? How does it present my brand? And, and do you actually want that? Yeah. Yeah. I think you have to, I think it's good to have some strong opinions. But it's, it's interesting that I've been seeing somebody recently who I, who I really like and, and was, admire, but he, he does the, some of these kind of rants and sometimes I think they're a little bit mean mm-hmm. but I, I kind of there's part of me that really respects that he takes a really strong stance mm-hmm. and opinion on that and I think yeah people are going to see that but there's another part of me that thinks I don't know if I would want to work with him because he comes it comes off it comes off arrogant and I don't know if he knows that it comes off as arrogant mm-hmm. and uh, so you know, there's, there's all that kind of thing I think some strong opinions are good but you know, certainly not close-mindedness, but not being contrarian for the sake of it or controversial yeah. just just for like click for the clicks, yeah, um, yeah, exactly. So you know, some good strong opinions, some you know, some things that ruffle me, ruffle a few feathers are great, so long as they are actually your opinions mm-hmm. and and hold true to them. But you know, people worry a lot about being cancelled and stuff like that. I think it's a lot less likely than people mm-hmm. really imagine. But you know, it's about authenticity. It's about being true to yourself, and I think that's that's all important stuff. What are there any other things that you think really help people in terms of maybe standing out as podcast guests? I mean, we talked about sort of not being mumbly or monotone and things like that, but what, what do you think really helps people to stand out? Well, to stand out is like for, for the, like in terms of the podcast host is really like uh, relate to the podcast host, build rapport, say that aim, right? And that you appreciate the the show offer them a media kit or podcast kit how i call it and make their life as easy as possible and as a guest like be you know be authentic like like be easy to talk to and also have a standpoint right and and uh, bonus points if you have a, a framework which i have but we didn't talk about this in particular but if you have a framework that you can actually present to an audience and say like okay this, these are the steps that people have to take then you know that's that is great as well and you know yeah, like your six point process yeah, that you mentioned yeah. earlier that kind of thing well we talked about the first first four steps so but you know so it's, yeah. but but it's also easy because then you can you can also outline the value that the listener has say like hey this is what i do this is actually my framework or my process my method however you want to call it and then you also you know have a little bit that the, you know the steps and then you can put the flesh around it as it goes in the conversation. So now we covered the first four steps of my process and it was a great conversation, right? So yeah, that's what I, what I typically recommend. 
Yeah, I would definitely recommend as a host leaving a review for the podcast as mm-hmm. well and let them know that you've left it because reciprocity is a very powerful thing. Mm-hmm. But of course, you no, know, leave them a nice review if you want to be on the show. That's gonna that's gonna make the bigger difference. But yeah, it doesn't. A lot of people think that reviews help podcasts grow. They they don't, but they do give more credibility. They do give that mm-hmm. trust factor as well. So it's very helpful to podcast hosts, and it's also a bit of a bit of ego massage for us as well and none of us object to none of us object to that you you do have a a giveaway an ebook that people can check out can you tell us a little bit about that yes so i have an ebook with 10 insider tips on how to get publicity for your coaching or consulting business and it's basically you know 10 things that people generally don't know about media and podcast shows some we covered some we didn't yet it's very valuable as i think it's 18 pages and i basically gave away what i learned the last 20 plus years that's the time that i'm in the pr and media industry and yeah if you want to download it you can find it on smallstarter.com/insidertips yeah so links will be in the show notes for you to go and download your copy of that i know i'm going to be getting my version of that as well because i want to know how to improve my publicity if there's one thing you hope that people remember the most or take away from this particular conversation what do you hope that that would be that they need that they it's their job to make their life as easy as possible the life of the podcast host and also the journalist if you pitch to media that is basically your job. If you make, if you do this and if you show that you, if you take your efforts and then if you show that you really want to support the podcast host or the journalist, I think you really stand out because a lot of people don't do that. And also work on your self-confidence. It will help you in your business generally. Simone, it's been a wonderful conversation. I've learned a lot from it. I know I'm going to be going, as soon as we finish speaking, going and downloading your ebook on how to get lots more publicity. But I just want to say a big thank you for coming and being on the show. It's been wonderful speaking to you. Thanks so much for having me and I love the conversation too. So now you know why you should be getting featured in prestigious magazines and on podcasts. And we've given you some how-to. We covered some strategy for finding the places to be featured and what you need to make sure you have ready to go before you do and a few bits more. You can get some more great information from Simone with her 10 insider tips to get publicity for your business and some other great information by following the link in the show notes. And of course, if you want to get more Podfluence, then join me and hundreds of others for the Podfluence Weekly Newsletter so you can get additional insights and articles on growing your coaching business for the long term. All you have to do is join me on LinkedIn or Beehive from the link in the show notes. Next episode is just going to be me by myself, but I'm going to be bringing you another expert interview very soon. I will share this with you. I have been having some conversations with some very top level people in the world of podcasting and the majority of them are agreeing to come and speak to us at Podfluence. So you can be sure that you're going to be getting the very best information for how to be using podcasts and growing your business to get the best results by making sure you're subscribed to Podfluence. Wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, have an amazing rest of your day. Go and make great things happen.